Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 581. And today, this is a pretty important episode because uh, it has to do with sellers that are only selling on Amazon and also just anyone selling on Amazon. But for the people that are building a business on Amazon or if most of your sales comes from Amazon, um, you definitely, definitely want to listen in on this episode because uh, I actually have someone coming on. His name is David Bryant. He was actually on episode 330. Uh, He's got an interesting story because he actually went undercover in a sense after he had built and sold an e-commerce business and he actually got a job as an employee inside of Amazon FBA to kind of see how it all works and what happens on the inside and uh, he learned a ton there and he shared a ton. He worked there for about a week and I think he said it took him like a month or two to get paid, which is kind of crazy. But in this episode, um, he is actually going to really go through some things that he discovered. He actually lived in China. Um, I think it was end of 2016 into 2017. And just listening to other sellers that live there, whether they're Chinese or not, but just uh, what's happening and, and some of the black hat stuff and some things that it's just unbelievable um, that this stuff is actually happening. So this isn't really to uh, to scare you. In a sense, it's to, to get you to wake up a little bit if you haven't started to think about your external channels and building your brand and, and all of that, because this here is proof that uh, it's pretty scary out there and it's only getting more uh, competitive. And if you're not a brand, if you don't have those outside resources and all that stuff, it can be very, very scary. And the title of this is Amazon Sellers at Risk by Thieves <laughs> and uh, Fake Reviews and Multiple Accounts and you know inside employees you know pulling reports for people um, that want to go and find the, the best products by looking at uh, keywords. And it's just, it's insane. So listen up to this episode. David Bryant is going to break down everything. His other episode is episode 330. I will link everything up in the show notes. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 581. And let me just say that, you know, I'm not saying this that, uh, you know, for you to say, well, I don't want to launch on Amazon. That's not what I'm saying here at all. And that's not what he's saying. And you'll hear us talk about that. It's about being aware that this is happening and then really focusing on building a brand and customer service and outside channels and all of that stuff, because that is going to be so, so very important. And that also leads me to a quick little note here. I wanted to throw in there. If you are at the level where you're doing at least $25,000 per month uh, or more, and you are at this stage where you're like, okay, I want to grow but uh, I'm still dependent on Amazon and I want to learn marketing and you want to surround yourself with people that have the same mindset, um, then I would love to invite you to our TAS Inner Circle. Now, it's by application only, so um, I'm not saying that everyone is going to be a good fit, but we are looking for um, our next group, all right? Right now, we are working with our, our first group, but we are looking for our next group right now and we're filling spots in that as we speak. So what I would encourage you to do, if you're interested in surrounding yourself with like-minded people, uh, also people that are at a a little bit of a higher level, in some cases, a lot higher level, 
but really uh, focusing on how to build a real business, a real brand, and thinking a little bit outside the box and surrounding yourself with action takers because things happen when you take action. I think we all agree on that. So if you're interested and you think you're at that level and you want to apply, again, not everyone is accepted. Uh, it is uh, TASinnerCircle.com is the link. You can go there, read all the details, what it's, uh, you know, who it's for, what it's about, and all that, and uh, just fill out that application if you're interested, uh, again, if you want to be considered. So again, that is TASinnerCircle.com. And uh, yeah, I would love for you to be part of this if, again, you're a good fit. So definitely go check that out. All right, so I'm going to stop talking now so you can listen to this uh, very, very important interview that I did with David Bryant and all of the ins and outs. And again, just you might want to go back and listen to this again, but you also might want to just be thinking about your own brand, your own business right now, where you are and what you should you should do moving forward to protect yourself. All right, so Enjoy this interview and uh, definitely make sure that you look at your business after listening to this and seeing where you can make improvements. All right, so enjoy. Well, hey, David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I think it's been almost a year since we last talked. I think the last time we talked, I just finished up working in an Amazon FBA warehouse for a week. <laughs> so it's great to be back on. Yes, yes. And you've got some more dirt that you're willing to share here. Not from your, uh, you know, uh, working on the inside of, of Amazon, but uh, there's some things that have uh, kind of gotten your attention and you've kind of, uh, you know, emailed and messaged me. And I know you wrote a, a blog post about it. And uh it's pretty scary stuff, to be honest with you. And I think another reason why we should be looking at building our brand and not just relying on the one channel, but I also wanted to kind of dig in, like, what are some things that we, we can probably look out for, um, as Amazon sellers and selling on their channels. So yeah, man, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the biggest key is people being aware of what's going on. And obviously the stuff that I'm going to talk about aren't things that most sellers are going to want to actually employ in their own businesses, but mm. being aware of what's happening is going to help everyone uh, just be aware of it and be on guard for it. And there are some steps that you can take to uh, mitigate the chances of anything nefarious happening to you as well. Yeah, no, I think that's important because, you know, a lot of people aren't, you know, they're not like thinking like, you know, like there's these people out there that are, you know, actually uh, creating multiple accounts or doing these fake reviews. I mean, we know fake reviews have kind of existed, but are they still? And, um, so I really, I want to hear more of your thoughts because I know that you've uh, done a little bit of a investigating and and (laughs) you've got some findings. So, uh, let's, let's hear all the dirt. Let's hear all the dirt. So, um, yeah. And so why don't you just kind of lead us like where, what, you know, what, what got your attention by the way? Like, how did this all, like, how did you start doing, you know, this, this research and, and this, this discovery? Sure. So I'll give a little bit of background. Um, me and my family, we moved moved over to China about uh, early in 2017, or actually, I guess, middle of 2017. We moved over there for about a year. And like you alluded to, um, I had two dreams growing up. One of them was to play for the Vancouver Canucks, and one of them was to be a journalist. And anyone who's seen me play any sport knows that the first thing is not going to happen. So I can pretend to be an investigative journalist. And one of the things that kind of attracted me while I was over in China was seeing this huge influx of popularity with selling on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We think here in America that there's a lot of marketing and get rich basically schemes going around Amazon and everybody, everybody's promoting Amazon. Well, it's nothing in North America compared to how it is in China. Mm. Everybody and their dog wants to be an Amazon seller in China. Um, so the popularity of selling in China is absolutely huge. 
So when I seen this happening around me as we're living in China, um, I just wanted to kind of dig in and see, okay, what are these Chinese sellers doing, uh, both from a good and a bad perspective? Mm. And obviously in this podcast, I think we're going to focus more on the on the bad part of things. Uh, but like I mentioned, it's good for everyone to be aware of what's going on. Yeah, I, I'm you know interested in, in learning this. And again, also hearing like what we can do to protect ourselves in a sense, or at least best efforts, right? I mean, I know there's not like going to be like this bulletproof vest that we can put on, on our businesses, but we can be on the lookout. And I think also talking about like the importance of building a brand and not relying on that one channel. So yeah. So, all right. So where, where did you first discover that some stuff was, I, I mean, I know you were hearing about it stuff, but what kind of got you to dig in a little bit deeper? Um, just basically every time that I would go see a supplier, um, I would basically hear them talking about Amazon. And so I started digging a little bit deeper and deeper and just talking to people. And it was amazing. So we lived in an apartment block in Xiamen in China, which is in Southern China. And it was amazing just how many people I would talk to or my wife would talk to uh, that were actually Amazon sellers. And mm. <laughs> I remember the first thing that always kind of perked my ears was I was talking to uh, one of our kind of acquaintances and we're talking about selling on Amazon. He was just getting started and he's like, so how many fake reviews do you think I should buy? And it wasn't, do you think oh. I should use fake reviews? The question was, how many do you think I should buy? So that's when it kind wow. of alerted me. And this was about, um, this was kind of early in the beginning and mm -hmm. it kind of made me aware, okay, Chinese sellers are kind of playing by a different, uh, mindset than a lot of other sellers. What is that mindset? Like, what do you, well, like, what is their, what is their strategy to just kind of get out there? Is it hijacking more so, or is it creating their own listing with their own product and, and kind of trying to game the system as far as sales and reviews or like, what is their angle? Well, I guess I should point out here too. I'm not trying to throw Chinese sellers under the bus of because the truth of it is, yeah, there's people here doing my it. wife. Yeah, <laughs> my wife is Chinese, so I uh, definitely nothing against uh, Chinese people uh, at all. And this is not an ethical thing of Chinese people being less ethical than North Americans or vice versa. What's happening though in China? It's kind of a result of a couple things. So Amazon is heavily going after Chinese sellers in China, mm -hmm. and their mentality is that. Well, Chinese sellers are closer to the source and most products are coming from China. So their mentality is that Chinese sellers are closer to the source and therefore they're going to have cost advantages and be able to offer lower prices to consumers. Sure. So Amazon pretty much every week of the year, except for Chinese New Year, is hosting some type of event in China trying to recruit Chinese sellers onto the platform. So there's, there's this huge demand from China for Chinese sellers. There's this huge popularity in China amongst, amongst Chinese people about selling on Amazon. People have heard about their friends and acquaintances and family getting rich selling on Amazon. So you have these two forces, Chinese people that really want to get uh, started with their Amazon business and, China, and Amazon heavily promoting it and combine this with a ton of money uh, around selling on Amazon. We all know that selling on Amazon is still a pretty good business. Mm. So you combine all those things and what happens? You get greed. Mm. And so that's kind of what's happened is that um, Amazon promoting it so heavily amongst Chinese sellers, Chinese sellers wanting it so badly. It's just created an atmosphere where people are pushing the envelope a little bit uh, harder than perhaps they should. So may, um, maybe we should talk about that. So how are they pushing? I, you talked about fake reviews and stuff like, so what's happening? Like what's their, what's their mindset as far as like, are they doing the typical like product research? Like we are using the same tools and then finding the ones that they think they can go in and, and, and launch. And then from there, not playing by the rules. 
You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so yeah. what, what, what's their, what's their plan so of, the, of attack? Yeah. So the mindset is, and this is basically the mentality and this it goes for North American sure. sellers too, but reviews equal money. Mm-hmm. So as pretty much every listener probably of this podcast knows, if you have no reviews, you have no sales. If you have poor reviews, you have poor sales. If you have great reviews, you have great sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is in their mind. Okay. How do we get reviews? And that's uh, a big part of where these tactics come around. Um, so the question becomes, like I mentioned, even with that acquaintance I bumped into, how many fake reviews should I buy? It's kind of that mentality. And so when it comes to reviews, there's a few different angles that they're approaching uh, this with. So the first way, and we've probably all been privy to this, is just straight up fake reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of uh, some of the older tactics. And this was really popular in 2017, earlier this year. Basically, there's services in China with thousands of zombie accounts. And these are fake buying accounts from Amazon. Uh, and you can buy reviews from these services. They range anywhere from a dollar all the way up to $20. And that price is being heavily dictated upon basically how likely Amazon is to be able to detect these reviews. Mm. So Amazon does have some algorithms for detecting a fake review. And it basically comes uh, around how likely they can detect that the account is fake. Mm. Uh, so if you see it in an account, you make it look like a real buying account. You have lots of buying history. Um, you're shipping it to a real address in America, the item. Uh, it's less likely to be detected by Amazon. So that price per review is really dictated upon that, how likely Amazon is to detect it. So that was kind of the strategy earlier on was that uh, sellers would basically buy a bunch of fake reviews anywhere from a dollar to $20. Now, as what a lot of listeners might have heard about, Amazon's getting pretty sophisticated in sniffing out these reviews. So that mm-hmm. tactic is becoming less and less powerful. Uh, fake reviews don't work as well as they used to. So now what a lot of sellers are doing, and this becomes really, really, uh, really, really bad for lack of better words, is Amazon sniffing out these great reviews for sellers. So what do you do now? If you're a seller and you want to kind of damage your competition, well, you buy a bunch of fake reviews onto your competitors' products. Oh, and Amazon's now great at detecting these reviews. So what Amazon sees is, hey, Dave just all of a sudden had 50 five-star reviews put on his listing. And we can tell that these accounts are all fake That's that are leaving these reviews. And then they go ahead and Amazon suspends me. So that's kind of one of the more nefarious tactics that's going on right now in terms of reviews. It's basically... Uh, planting fake five-star reviews. You think that your competitors would plant fake one-star reviews on your products. No, they are, they're they basically planting fake five-star reviews on your products. And it's what's happening is your account's getting suspended, uh, sometimes permanently. Mm. So what, let, let, quick, quick question on this. So like, all right, now, as I'm listening to this, I'm also, I'm curious, are you finding, or have you found, maybe, maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't, but are you finding it it's with like more competitive products, like ones that would yield a lot of sales per day, per month, or is it just across the board, just whatever they want to go after? Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's kind of, I guess a good takeaway from this. It's definitely the higher, uh, volume products. It's just, there's more money to be made. Sure. Uh, I've been fortunate. I've been in niches now where I've never been privy to these types of attacks. And I think a big part of it is because I'm targeting fairly low volume products mm. and a low volume product in Amazon now can mean 10 or $20,000 a month. Right. But when you start getting into these products where they're selling six figures a month, mm. yeah, that's where these types of things are going to happen more and more. And I've talked to a couple people in the past, unfortunately month who have been subject to these attacks. What you can do is you really have to monitor it and be, have your finger on it. If you see it happening, First thing that you should do is alert Amazon to it. Say, hey, 
we see all these reviews coming onto our listing right now. Uh, what can you do about it? Because we don't think these are real. And it's basically, it's always better to alert Amazon before you're suspended about something which might cause a suspension than after. Yeah. Are, are they having to purchase to leave those reviews or are they just going on there and leaving the reviews? No, there's, as far as I know, they're purchasing them. Um, like I mentioned, they're purchasing them from accounts which are more likely to be detected by Amazon. Okay. And so they have no purpose for the actual seller. They don't want to take that danger of having those reviews planted on their items. So what do you do? You sabotage your competitors. Right. And so what I'm, I, I guess what I'm asking is, is like if they didn't actually purchase the product, um, then would they still be able to leave the review? Cause I was actually hearing recently that, uh, people are finding that, um, if they haven't, if they hadn't purchased the item that they're not able to leave the review. And I don't know if this is across the board or if it's just, you know, certain accounts or I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think that that's probably what it's going to come down to. It's the only way that they can really monitor it. Um, and again, then you would have to have a, a seasoned account like they, they do, but then it would also have to physically purchase those products. Yes. And it's one thing that Amazon does appear to be cracking down on. And I'm, I'm not, hundred percent sure, but I suspect it could yeah. be part of what's going on here is that Amazon realizes, okay, there's a little bit of a loop uh, hole in the system where you mm. can basically sabotage your competitors' products. Uh, but with that being said, a lot of those reviews, because of this verified review mechanism where you need to actually purchase the product to get a verified review and sometimes even to leave any type of review, mm. uh, these services will actually buy the product and a lot of times uh, either depending on the value of that review to the person, either simply throw the product away or simply buy the product, leave their verified review and return the product for a mm, refund. Yeah, sneaky. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's bad stuff. Yes. Now, it does get, that's actually some of the stuff that a lot of people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the insider uh, corrupt Amazon employees uh, takes effect. Mm, okay. Okay. So in Amazon, there are, there's thousands of employees in Amazon, uh, both in their warehouses and in their back office. Mm -hmm. And what's happened is that there's basically corrupt employees at Amazon who are leaking, among other things, reports, which we'll get into, I guess, uh, in a couple minutes here. Uh, but they can also do things like delete reviews and also give you access to reviewer information. So listeners might be aware, whenever you're trying to figure out who's left a review on a product on Amazon, it can be really tricky. Um, in fact, in the last few weeks, Amazon seems to have removed the profile ID from reviews. So even using software, it's a little bit tricky to figure out who's left a review for a product. Mm -hmm. uh, so what these sellers can do is using one of these corrupt employees, they can say, hey, here's a URL for the review that I have. Uh, and they basically pay them off a small amount. I think for a review to get the reviewer information, uh, I believe it's sub $20. Oh, and they say, okay, here's the URL. And what that employee will do is give that seller the full contact information of that person who left the review. And they'll then include a name, a phone number, and a real email address. Hmm. So what they can do with that real email address, obviously they can contact them and say, hey, uh, we see that you left a negative review. Would you like some money to remove that review? Hmm. Would you like a free product? And you can do this all the way from the eyes of Amazon. So you can be a little bit uh, uh, more daring with trying to get those negative reviews removed. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. So there's like a regular employee that has access to that. So what type of employee would have access to that to be able to, you know what I mean? Like, is it just, is, yeah. it, is it a warehouse worker or is it someone that's actually in the, in the main office? Like who would have access to that? 
Well, me as a warehouse worker, as a former warehouse worker of five days, I never, (laughs) (laughs) I never had access to this information. My understanding is pretty much anybody working an office job, uh, they have access to Amazon's VPN and their VPN, uh, depending on the level of access of that employee, but it does seem to, uh, filter down to most employees working, uh, uh, in, in an Amazon office have access to some type of reporting from Amazon, uh, and that's countries international. So not just of Amazon China, but of America, Canada, Europe, and everything. So anyone working basically a middle uh, middle to senior job seems to have access to this information. And so, and so, like, I'm just trying to put my head around this. So, like, if someone was on the inside, are they, like, building, like, their own little network so they can almost advertise their services? So how it's working is generally there's these Amazon's insider employees. Now, they're not going to individual sellers and marketing their services. Normally, there's a middleman in between uh, that basically connects the sellers to these insider employees. Gotcha. So I, I say, hey, I want to get uh, the contact information of a review. I will contact the service provider. The service provider will contact that employee, and the service provider will then provide me that information. So he's like a middleman in a sense. Exactly. So he's kind of like the broker. <laughs> He's the broker, yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. My gosh. And, yeah. And just before we wrap up on the reviews, now the other, now this is where things get even more dicey, is it's one thing getting buyer information, actual buyer information of a review, mm-hmm. but this is where Amazon is, they have, uh, they become very defensive about uh, reports of this happening, but there are people buying review removal. So you get a bad review. Um, a lot of listeners probably know if somebody leaves a review on your product, Amazon can actually delete reviews. If it's a review with a bunch of uh, cussing and swear words in it, Amazon will review it. Um, So what you can do is using one of these service providers and insider employees at Amazon, you can actually pay to have your, your negative reviews removed. Mm. Wow. So yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) you're, yeah, that's, it's insane, but it's, again, it's, it's a giant platform where there's, you know, sellers on there and it's a, it's a game now in a sense to where, you know, you have to figure out how to play by the rules of Amazon, but then also get around anybody that's doing black hat stuff, um, on this, on this platform. So no one is really like a hundred percent safe, if you will. Right. I mean, unless, I mean, are they, are, is anybody really a hundred percent safe? Any, any business, any brand? No. I mean, if somebody wants to sabotage you, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're an Amazon business or a, br- a brick and mortar retail store or whatever. If somebody has a vendetta and they want to sabotage you, they'll mm-hmm. figure out a way. Now, that being said, I mean, if you have great products and you have great reviews, you never have to worry about your competitors buying negative reviews to be removed because, you know, if you have a great product, it's 4.8, 4.9 stars. Um, you know, you're, you're great already. If your competitor is faking their way to five point oh stars well it's not going to be that much of a competitive advantage if you're at 4.9 stars yeah i guess i'm just thinking of it even if i am at a 4.8 4.9 and then they come in and they throw some negative reviews on my on my account that's yes. going to drive myself down but like you're saying then if you become aware of that you could notify amazon and they could probably sniff that out and then possibly remove them but it's still a pot it's possible it's possible but possibly not too yeah, I mean, with everything Amazon and trying to rely on seller support to fix the problem, it's always uh, it's always a little bit of a dice roll. Yeah. So, uh, so let's let's talk about this real quick. So, what what are your thoughts as far as moving forward on this platform and protecting yourself the best best way possible? Is it simply don't go after products that are like you know selling like this many units, or is it is it something else? 
I mean, I think right now Amazon's in a bit of a situation where they've created a beast that's kind of out of their control. Mm. I think it's almost like Google was, you know, many years ago sure. where you could game Google with uh, mm -hmm. with buying links and doing your traditional SEO tactics. And eventually yeah. Google got smart enough now where pretty much SEO, in my opinion, it's, it's fairly dead. If you write the best content, Google's pretty good at sniffing it out and mm -hmm. figuring it out. There's not a lot of games to be played. Uh, Amazon's in a situation right now where games still work. Mm. You can still game Amazon. Now, hopefully Amazon will get more sophisticated. The more attention that uh, people like us bring to this matter, the more incentive Amazon's going to have to fix these problems, get mm. smarter and fix them. Um, so that's hopefully one of the takeaways here. In the short term, yeah, I would not target necessarily extremely competitive products, especially if you're not prepared to uh, fight fire with fire, so to speak. Mm. Uh, it's probably better off, and this is good product strategy anyways, is to target, you know, maybe not uh, low demand items, but medium demand items. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I've been preaching that for a long time. It's like if you go after a product that's selling 100 plus units a day or, like you said, thousands of dollars, those are going to get the attention because if someone's going to do all this work, they're going to go after something that they can go in there and grab a big chunk or a bigger chunk versus someone that's doing, you know, 10 units a day on a product that they're making a hundred bucks a day. Right. Absolutely. And, but if you can just scale that out. And, and I also think too, it's like, I, I think this should be a wake up call for anyone. I mean, again, like you said, like years ago, right? Google, you'd throw up a niche site, you'd get it ranked, you'd get a whole bunch of traffic. You could throw some AdSense on it. You'd start making some money. And then all of a sudden one day you're out of business because you know, the, the rankings went away because they, they did a little Google slap. I just think it should be a warning for people that are thinking that they're going to go out there and just create an Amazon business. And that's why I don't like to even call it an Amazon business. I like to call it an e-commerce business. You just yes. happen to leverage the e-commerce or the, uh, the channel of Amazon. Um, you're actually an e-commerce brand, not a, you know, Amazon seller brand. Absolutely. Right? And at the end of the day, we're all businesses and it's important to think of ourselves sure. as whether it's a business or an e-commerce business, but an Amazon business. I agree. That's it's taking away from all the other stuff that goes with creating a business. Yeah. And so like, okay, let, let's just talk about that for a minute. So like if you're starting from scratch today, right. And you're starting an e-commerce brand, do you still, do you still, you know, launch your products on, on Amazon? I think there is no getting away from uh, Amazon. I think you do have to launch on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing we can also talk about at some point is uh, some of the other stolen reports. Um, which do give some insight in how the algorithm at Amazon works for ranking items. Uh, but I do think that you have to start on Amazon uh, just because it is the 4,000 pound gorilla in yeah. the room and your business. I mean, I, I, as much as you can to diversify around it, you absolutely should. But mm. I do think that you're, you kind of do have to start with Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's still like they take a lot of the heavy lifting out. They have the traffic, they have all the, you know, all of the, the things in place for us to kind of get up and running quickly and get some momentum. But I think also, and like you just said, you know, we should be building that outside channel or even just the leverage points that we can, you know, whether that's an email list or whether that's a Facebook audience or whatever it is. Uh, so this way here, you can drive those sales externally and not just rely on the algorithm inside of Amazon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know. And uh, do you want to, maybe I can also just kind of touch on one of those other reports. Yeah, yeah. Seeing that absolutely. we brought up the algorithm. Do, um, yeah, so, do it. And so this is another way uh, that these corrupt employees at Amazon are leaking information. Um, 
we all are familiar as Amazon sellers that you can go into your Amazon account and you can download uh, certain business reports. So you go to reports, business reports, and you can see things like how many sales an ASIN's getting, what the conversion rate on those products is, and a few other things. Well, what these corrupt employees at Amazon can do is they can basically steal those same reports for any product you request. Mm. So I can go to one of these service providers and I can say, okay, Scott's selling a garlic press. I'll take, give them the ASIN and they'll, and they'll basically give me a report of all of Scott's sales, I believe for the last three years with a breakdown a month, wow. the conversion rate of it, and a ton of other really juicy information. Mm. So you can imagine how valuable that is. Now, aside from that though, what this is where we get a lot of insight about how the Amazon algorithm works is that you can buy something called an ASIN report. And these ASIN reports, what they do is they basically give you a breakdown of all the keyword traffic on Amazon that's being driven to your listing. So if you're selling garlic, garlic press, you can see all the keywords that people are searching for to get to your listing. Then you can also see a breakdown of what percentage of people actually click on your listing when they search for that listing or for that keyword, what percentage of people go on to add that item to their basket, and what percentage of people go on to actually purchase that item. So you can know if you're selling garlic presses and every time somebody searches for garlic peeler, 50% of them go on to purchase your item, uh, that's basically a significant factor of how your item is being ranked on mm. Amazon. Mm. And this is all something I think most of us kind of know in the back of our minds that, hey, conversion rate is a huge ranking factor on Amazon. But seeing these internal reports, we can see that Amazon is explicitly tracking conversion rates down to the keyword level. And how your items converts for certain keywords is 100% going to affect how you rank for it. So, so let me ask you this. So what is... What is the strategy that you would be using if that was the case and you didn't have like, uh, like those reports? Like, so what is it if you're not cheating, <laughs> right? Like, uh, you know, cause there are tools out there. Uh, you know, I believe, uh, scope is one jungle scout is one. Now they have a keyword, um, tool that allows you to kind of, you know, reverse, you know, do an ASIN search and, and all that stuff and kind of gives you an idea of how many sales are being generated through there. I don't know how exactly if those are a hundred percent on, but so what's, like, what's your strategy to do that? So, I mean, in the, in the sphere that I'm in, I'm in the off-roading four by four sphere. Mm -hmm. uh, we get a lot of uh, searches around uh, Ford F-150 cover. Okay. Okay. So we can tell from that search, if you had the nascent report, okay, a lot of people are searching for this. A lot of people are clicking through to our listing. Now, maybe they get to the listing and they're not sure. Okay. Does this actually work with a Ford F-150? Right. So you can actually talk to that need of that search query in the listing works for Ford F-150 with a big check mark. Right, um, you right. basically appease any of those fears and address that individual search rather than trying to be a one, uh, one size fits all listing. If you can actually address the potential needs of that search, uh, it can potentially create a higher converting listing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause uh, like you said, you could be coming there for a garlic press, but if it's a six inch garlic press and that's what people are coming there for and then they're buying it. And if you make that known very clearly, then your conversion should go up. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. at the same time, if you're trying to, if you're trying to go after non-relevant keywords and sure, you're getting a lot of people to your listing, but like you mentioned, you're selling a six inch garlic press, but yours is a 12 inch mm. and nobody's converting. There is really no point in trying to go after those keywords. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So then let me ask you this. If you find that you are, um, wanting to go after those keywords that that you think are and to kind of get the intel because you won't know until you get traffic going there. Um, is it as simple as, you know, doing your own 
type of launch, whether that's pay-per-click, whether that's, uh, you know, your email list or, uh, what is, what is something that you would recommend? I mean, I do think a lot of it does begin kind of before you actually have the product. So seeing where the search traffic is for particular, particular products and, and going after those products before before you've actually have them in stock. So if people are searching for neon green garlic presses before you've even developed the product, you can see that there is uh, search traffic for this, develop that product, make it the best neon green uh, garlic press out there, make it the most neon-y <laughs> garlic press. <laughs> right, right. And that way when people do find your listing, uh, maybe in the beginning you have very low traffic too for that search keyword, mm-hmm. but your conversion rate is through the roof uh, and then eventually you're going to get that sales velocity effective and the flywheel spinning. And over time you will get more sales. Yeah, but yeah. I do think a lot of it does kind of begin at the product development stage before you have the products in. Sometimes it's hard to uh, do anything retroactively, uh, but preactively or <laughs> whatever the word yeah, is yeah. for retroactively, yeah. um, that's the time to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do a little bit of that, a little bit of that investigative work up front as far as you know, the keywords that are around that. And then if there's something that lends itself to a style or a size or something like that, that's where you would kind of do that and then make it, you know, really, really fit that, um, you know, fit that criteria. So yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I love it. And, and again, I mean, you know, I don't think there's going to be like a magic formula, right? There's not like, you're going to do exactly all of this stuff and it's going to work perfectly, but at least it'll give you a better, a better chance and I think also give you a little bit of a head start because I think that's also like once you start getting the velocity and you get that flywheel spinning, sometimes it's hard to stop. Um, you know, if you get in front of the pack, uh, it'll be a lot harder to, to kind of catch up to you. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, OK, so what else? You got anything else there? You got any more dirt or you got any more tips? What do you got for us? No, I mean, I think the only other thing um, which to be aware of, and this is one of the things uh, which is very rampant in China, especially is the, the use of multiple seller accounts. And this mm. is one that's going on in North America, too. Uh, again, most listeners probably know that you're only allowed to have one seller account unless you get permission from Amazon. Amazon's pretty strict now, giving people permission to have second and third seller central accounts. So what's happening is a lot of uh, sellers are opening up multiple accounts and a lot of people are probably aware this is going on, uh, but it's absolutely amazing. Uh, it, at least in my experience, I have talked to uh, almost every Amazon Chinese seller I've talked to have multiple accounts. I remember talking to a friend who worked for a large pet company in China and he literally had a diagram with a bunch of arrows and a Venn diagram connecting all the Amazon accounts. They had uh, several Amazon accounts and they're basically trying to keep track of them all to make sure nobody's logging in with the same IP uh, to the same seller central account and basically alerting Amazon to what's going on. And um, by having these multiple accounts, what they're allowed to do is obviously push the envelope a little bit harder. If you have one Amazon account, you don't want to risk that being banned because once you have one and it's gone, you're done. Mm. But if you have five, you can basically you have four get out of free get out of jail free cards and you can push that envelope quite a bit harder. Mm. Yeah. So multiple accounts, that seems like, again, a lot of work um, and, and a lot of stuff to manage. But so are you saying, though, that these multiple accounts are really being used for something that I could you know, not myself, but people can reach out to and say, Hey, I need, I need you to do this for me. And then that way there, they can use those accounts. And if one of those gets banned, they're still up in, they're still up in business. Or are you saying these are actually sellers accounts that they're actually selling product through? Yeah, it's actually seller accounts that they're selling products through. Okay. Uh, and so they'll sell the product uh, through one account and they'll push the envelope, whether it's with fake reviews or gotcha. other nefarious gotcha. tactics. 
that one gets banned, then they can go on to another account and so on and so forth. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that just man, it's a, it's a crazy uh, it's a crazy uh, world and a crazy uh, channel right now. I I do think that over time, like you said, and they already have, like they've already started to kind of fix things, but there's always going to be those black hat strategies. Even still right now, there's, I guarantee there's black hat strategies for SEO. They're still trying to push the envelope. It's still working, but it might be a ton of work to do. There's services. Um, but again, is it a short term? Is it a long term? How long can you stay in the game? Um, and also should you be banking, you know, everything on that one channel? I think the answer is no. Right. But you know, so many people, they yeah. kind of fall into the Amazon crack, as I call it. It's kind of like the drug, right? It's like <laughs> once you get that drug, it's like it's hard to get off because the traffic's amazing. You know, uh, you know, the conversions are generally crazy because it's a search engine for buyers. You know, how do you how do you do that outside of there and get similar results without having like a massive audience or a massive influencer? Um, it's just it's hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hearing this type of stuff, uh, these types of things that are going on, it's really easy to stress yourself out about and lose sleep over. Um, I was one of these people even back in 2016. I was terrified of all the competition coming uh, coming on board. And basically what happened is I sold my company and I was just a big reason was out of fear. Mm. Uh, Flash forward two years, the guys who bought my company, they're still going strong. Uh, They're not doing anything uh, black hatty or anything. Uh, they're just running a good business. And it's easy to stress yourself out about these things. Be aware of it. Uh, be cognizant of it. But at the end of the day, if you're, you know, if you're offering great products and running a good business, offering good customer service, uh, hopefully, like you mentioned, Scott, these things kind of sift out over time. And yeah, they might work in the short term. But in the long term, as long as we're, as long as we're all building strong businesses, it's hmm. hopefully we can weather the storm, so to speak. Yeah. And I think that, that Amazon is also you know, I think they're go- going to be even, f- even further in the future. Um, they're going to be rewarding brands. Like I think, yeah. you know, brands that, that are, do have good customer service and do have steady sales and, and, uh, and, you know, to me, they're, they're a, a real brand. And I think that's where it will start to, to head. But, you know, again, are you able to put in the time and the effort to do that versus just going and trying to launch product after product after product? I, I mean, I've heard so many people, they're like, I, I want to just keep launching products. That that's the way that I'm going to make more money. Just keep launching more products. And when the two or three that get hacked or they get hijacked, I'll just cut them and I'll go on and I'll just launch three more. That sounds like a terrible strategy to me because you're always trying to just stay ahead by launching new products. Yes, absolutely. And I've been like that for my entire e-commerce career is stick to a niche, kind of build yourself out and be strong in that niche. Mm. And you'll have a lot better long-term success doing it that way than uh, being kind of all over the place. Like you mentioned, having one product in pets one day and one in kitchen the next and one in garden. Yeah. Then. Uh, a week from now. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like it's a lot of work. <laughs> so, I, absolutely, it sounds like more work than it needs to be. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. But hey, um, all right. So, is 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 there anything else you want to wrap up with before we? Uh, before we say goodbye, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving us this. I know you and I were trying to connect and our schedules weren't aligning, but, uh, th- I mean, this is, again, I don't want to scare people, but I want people to be aware. Right. And, and I think if you're aware, then you can kind of look at your business a little bit differently and you can adjust, but also take those measures to, you know, hopefully sure up things a little bit and create that brand. So is there anything else you want to wrap up with? No, I think uh, that's pretty much it. I, you know, stay positive and uh, don't don't fret out about this stuff too much. Right. Uh, if people want to see the full article, they can head over to Ecom Crew, and they can see some examples of the reports. Uh, but other than that, just stay positive and. Uh, what you're what, a lot of the stuff that you talk about and preach about here, Scott, on the podcast, I've been a listener for a long time. 
these are the true tactics uh, that you really yeah. want to apply to your business. Yeah. Uh, not the stuff that we're talking about here, but at the same time, uh, you want to be aware of what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it, uh, David. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to check out more, uh, ecom crew, um, go check them out and I'll leave everything up uh, linked up in the, uh, in the show notes. And I'm sure we can leave a direct link to that article. So you guys can go read it and, um, and just really be informed about this. Not again, not to be scared, not to be afraid, but to just be prepared and to also, uh, take those measures to, to sure up your brand. So David, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you coming on and I'm sure we'll be in touch and, uh, keep me posted on any more dirt, man. You're going to be my insider <laughs> addition, uh, here for, uh, for the podcast. Thanks a lot. It's give and take because I listen to the podcast all the time. Thanks, David. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, man. Okay. Woo. Let's take a deep breath on that one. Uh, that can be scary, right? Like a lot of things to think about. And the one thing that I would like to say is it might just be a little bit of a wake up call for all of us, including myself. Uh, you know, because you're thinking that this channel that you're leveraging is you know, going to be able to work for, uh, for you and your business. And it probably is right now. And maybe even upwards of, you know, $25,000 a month, or maybe a hundred thousand dollars a month. And 95% of your sales are from there. And that's awesome. And you're celebrating, but then all of a sudden you listen to this and you're like, Oh my gosh, like we've got people like that coming in. Like that's pretty dirty. Like that's pretty scary. So we need to start thinking, of ways that we can uh, really protect ourselves, but also give ourselves more protection by creating a brand, a true brand. And I've talked about this recently. Uh, I've talked about building a list. I've talked about, you know, using other platforms, building your own funnel, building your, you know, your own Facebook, you know, audience inside of your ads, um, kind of using those strategies that I've outlined in, uh, in whiteboard Wednesdays. If you've missed that, you might want to go over and check out the amazing seller TV.com and subscribe because I talk about how to, uh, really put up these videos or content on, on uh, Facebook. I almost said YouTube on Facebook and then drive traffic to those and then let the audience be built by how many views, um, they're getting or how, what's the percentage of views or, um, the type of interaction. And then you're building an audience technically over there and people are getting to know, like, and trust you. And then you can always direct them over to Amazon if you want to, or your own e-commerce platform, whatever. But these are things that we need to start thinking about. But when you started your business and you started on, let's just say it's Amazon as the channel, you weren't really thinking about becoming a marketer or, uh, you know, a salesperson. Uh, you were basically just tapping into a channel that was already up and running and then just seeing how to leverage that platform. And I did the same thing when I was entering this space, but now, and also because I've had past experience with building businesses and kind of what goes into it, I always knew that there's going to be a play for, you know, having your own brand and having your own list and a way to communicate with your market and being able to create content and all that stuff. That's why I, I keep talking about this stuff, but I also keep creating training for this stuff, uh, you know, on YouTube or on Facebook or on the podcast, because I know how important it is, you know? So if you're not doing that, I want to kind of take you on the shoulders right now. I'm like looking at you and I'm going to give you a little shaking, not, nothing too much, but just a little bit of a shake and say, all right, come on. Come on. I know things are going pretty good right now on, uh, on Amazon for you, but you know, these other people are coming in and if you start showing signs of having some really good sales, they're probably going to come after your products and then you're going to have this competition and then you're going to be basically 
fighting someone that is doing things underhandedly. And we don't want that, right? So we want to be able to protect ourselves. The one thing I do want to highlight that David said and he agreed with is really finding those products that are selling 10 a day or 15 a day or 20 a day, right? You get upwards of 50 to 100, it's getting more attention from these other black hat type you know, outfits because that's where they want to go. They want to put all their energy into that because they can game the system. And is Amazon going to eventually come down on these people? Yeah, probably, but it's going to take a little while and they got to figure out, you know, the, the next loophole that was, you know, discovered and then they got to plug it and then they, someone else finds something else. It's been happening with Google and SEO and, and backlinks and all that stuff for, for years. So it's not going to just go away. So what, what you can do and what I'm doing, and I'm hoping that you're going to do, and we're also talking about inside of our inner circle is really building out our brand and also learning marketing and digital marketing and direct response marketing and all of that stuff. Because once you learn that skill set, your competition probably doesn't know it. And then you're going to have the advantage. So again, I'm going to give a little, uh, a little mention here again to our inner circle. Now, again, our inner circle uh, is for higher level sellers, for sellers that are at least $25,000 per month in revenue. And also they're just thinking outside the box or they want to think outside the box. They want to surround themselves with like-minded people. They want to be pushed into a new direction in a sense, not forgetting about Amazon at all. If anything, we're going to optimize that even further, but we're going to be able to build out these other assets to really ensure that we have a brand that is protected. But also when you want to sell it, if you ever want to sell it, you're going to get more for it as well. But it's really about surrounding yourself with those like-minded people and, uh, and having a network that you can tap into. So this way here, you have a little bit of an advantage, actually a lot of an advantage uh, moving forward. So if you're interested in applying, it is application only. Um, we are very strict actually on who we let in because they have to meet certain criteria, but they also, we, we got to make sure that the, the, the group is going to, uh, to really complement each other. So if you're interested, you want the details, head over to tasinnercircle.com and you can get all the details there and you can fill out an application and we'll generally get back to you within usually seven to 10 days. So depending, cause we usually review those once a week and, uh, and then we go ahead and we will send out the invitations that you've been accepted and you'll go through the next phase of getting onboarded into our inner circle. So if you're interested, tasinnercircle.com, all the details there. And again, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you are, um, working towards the 25,000 then yeah, just keep working on that. Keep working on growing your business and scaling your business at a pace that you can keep up. Cause I see some people, they want to scale too big, too fast. That's not the way to do it either. Um, but just build out your product suite with at least three to five products that complement each other. Start building your email list, start building your Facebook, uh, ads audience, as we call it is kind of like where we're, we're creating these audiences inside of Facebook, not just building a Facebook fan page and getting likes. That's not what we're talking about. And again, if you miss that stuff, um, the, uh, the strategies that I'm talking about, uh, go check it out on YouTube. It's on our channel, uh, theamazingsellertv.com. It's totally free. Just go over there. Um, go through Pace as well, um, P-A-C-E. And if you don't know what that is, you want to go through that Pace series that we did, which is four pillars to building a, a successful brand. So definitely go check out that at theamazingseller.com forward slash Pace. All right, so the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 581. And uh, I look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode. All right, guys. So remember, as always, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take 
action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.